about two or three weeks ago, I was talking to you about earthquakes, and Derek at the end, and I didn't even know this, but at the end of that service, Derek gave you a, a figure that uh, told how many earthquakes occurred just in a, uh, a short amount of time. And they're, they're happening right now. Friday, from what I understand, in California, a 3.6 magnitude earthquake took place there. If you know anything at all about earthquakes, and everybody does to a degree, you know that things shake. The earth itself shakes. And then everything inside of the earth shakes, be it trees, vegetation, buildings, items on shelves in buildings, doesn't matter what it is. Everything is vulnerable to an earthquake. As we get closer to the rapture of the church, the catching away of the saints, the Bible tells us that more and more, the earth is going to experience birth pains. Like a woman about to give birth, the contractions get closer and closer together and the pain intensifies. The earth creation itself moans and it understands that the creator is about to perform the most dynamic thing that's ever been done as far as the church and believers are concerned, and that is called the rapture of the church, and then the wrath of God is poured out Im be immediately during the tribulation. The Bible says in the 12th chapter of Hebrews, says, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken. The removal of those things that are being shaken. As of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. In the second book of Thessalonians, Paul's second letter, chapter 2, he told the church these exact words. He said that you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit. Don't be shaken not only maybe necessarily in your body, he said, because that, that can happen, but your mind, he said. Don't be shaken in your mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as, as from us. He didn't say from us, but nor by letter that appeared to be from us as the day of Christ is at hand. We are at a time... When, by the way, th this is just a wonderful crowd, looking crowd in here today. And uh, I bless God. I bless God for this. I do. I commend you for doing what the Bible says the people that go are going to heaven in the rapture will be doing. More and more, they will be 
assembling, not disassembled, but they will assemble themselves. And so I thank God for that. And I, I'm saying that to, to thank God, but also to just commend you for doing the righteous thing today. I, I know it's Labor Day weekend, but look at where you are. Praise God for that. And I'm not saying anything to anybody's not here, so let's just go on and take care of business. But as we get closer and closer, folks, I'm just, again, in preparation mode. I want you to know that the people of God, until the rapture of the church, are going to be in existence with the same people that are going to experience troublesome news, even earthquakes. The Bible says in divers or various places. Wars and rumors of wars, all kinds of things, all kinds of doctrines, all kinds of things that normally shakes people and disturbs people. But the Lord has promised and already witnessed that the people of God will not be shaken. The people of God, the people that are like Jesus at 12, that are about their father's business, the people that understand the necessity, but also the awesome opportunity to assemble in God's house. The Lord says those people that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they will be filled. These are the people that will not be shaken. Other church attenders, other people, people that live loosely, people that flirt with sin, they're going to be shaken and they're going to be confused as to why you in the same earth, working at the same place, living in the same world, are not shaken. And there is a biblical excuse. It's because the people of God have a promise from God that you won't be shaken. I want you to say this with me. I'm not shattered. I'm not scattered because I'm not shaken. Let's do it again. I'm not shattered. I'm not scattered because I'm not shaken. All right, I'm not shattered. Means what? I've never read that verse in the Bible. You haven't read that verse, but you've read so many things that teach you about that. One being all the way back to Genesis with Esau. Esau sold his birthright for a morsel of bread, the Bible says. Then again, when it came down to the blessing between him and Jacob and all that. And the Bible says this, and, 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 and I don't, and I honestly don't think a lot of people, if anybody truly understands the length of what this means, that Esau, he sought forgiveness and he wept bitterly, but he didn't even find it, the Bible says. You, you see... Because of a choice he made, and choices really, plural, and he fits so many other people, but God just laid him on my heart. You, your mind can probably go through the list in the Bible. Because of things that 
that took place in his life, he was shattered. I want to say this. It's very possible that there might be, and there is, in this old piece of glass right here of my flesh, my body, me, there might be a crack right here in this glass. But whatever it was, and many of you can call to mind all the different cracks in the glass that you are, whatever it was or they were, it might have, it might have called some kind of fracture in the glass, but it didn't shatter you, meaning that it didn't blow you to pieces where you're just kind of dead, no good anymore. There's an explanation. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But we also just said we are not scattered. There's many occasions to associate this in the Bible with, but one of the ones that came to my mind was the disciples of the Lord Jesus himself. When it got down to the wire that Jesus told them it would get down to, and you know what Peter did. He said, I'll die with you. Jesus said, no, you won't. No, you won't. You will not do it. In fact, you're going to lie about even knowing me. Jesus just said, wait, there's a rooster waiting with your name on it. Just get ready. And the Bible says that when they came and they apprehended and took Jesus, that every one of those disciples all scattered. These, now listen to this. These are men that professed he was the Son of God. These were men that fed 5,000 with him, 4,000 with him. These are men that watched him walk on water, allow Peter to walk on water. These were men that knew all about Lazarus being raised from the dead. These were men that had seen blind eyes open, a man lowered through the roof, and be told, take your bed up and walk. But they all ran, you see. They scattered because they, they were scared. What was happening in their world, what was happening in their day, and right around them caused them all to be scattered. But I've got to go back to Thessalonians 2 again and tell you that you shouldn't be soon shaken, church, in your mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter that comes from ch some church or some preacher that seems like it might be legitimate because the day of Christ is at hand and all these things we're told be of good cheer. Jesus said, I've overcome the world. Why would he tell me about tribulation and cheer in the same scripture because he knew that you would be reminded over and over again it doesn't matter what happens around you or even to you you can be shattered and you can even feel like being scattered at times but it won't happen because you won't be shaken because the world's going to be shaken in fact the Bible says as time goes on that because of fear, the hearts of many men will fail them just because of fear. And I just want to tell you the truth today. That's all I'm interested in telling you. Things are going to continue to get bleak 
and they're going to continue to get bad for the world. There's going to be a huge fuel shortage this year. Maybe you won't feel it, but they're going to feel it in Europe, in Poland. They're going to feel it uh, possibly in Germany. and They're going to just experience all kinds of things like this all over the world. The food shortage is hot and heavy on its way. You know about the shortage of supply and demand, and, and you hear all the time, oh, my goodness, they done popped the new one out telling you monkeypox is going to kill everybody and all that, and it's a sexually transmitted disease. It's always been. But the goal here is to keep people worked up to keep people scared, to make people panic that they're not going to have food, to make people think they got to go get doped up with vaccine after vaccine. I know I'm pushing button, but I'm called to shine light in a dark world. And I figure if you're going to feed yourself with dark news from hell, I'm going to come in the pulpit and shine some light on it today. So hallelujah to God. So I want to tell you here, you're going to have a reason to be scattered. You're going to feel like running, but the Bible tells me to tell you today you don't have to run. In fact, you don't even have to be shaken by it. You don't have to worry about being shattered all to pieces in a basket case because we've done sung about the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Help me get it out now, Father. You've already worshipped God and been right smack dab in his presence. And, you know, you can't even, you can't work that up. You can't pay God enough to show up. But you can just let it flow out and he'll walk right in and do what he's done done for many of us, if not all of us today. So I'm telling you, folks. The world is going to see it coming, and it's only because the birth pains and the contractions of the promises of God are getting closer and closer and closer. You can't stop it. You can't run away and say, well, I'm just not going to listen to it. It's still going to come hot and heavy, just like a baby. When the time has come and the fulfillment has taken place, so is the promises and the Word of God. We're getting ready to be raptured by the husband of our soul and I'm just afraid that a lot of people aren't going to understand it till it's too late but you don't have to be that way you can know it's on Christ the solid rock I stand all of the ground is sinking sand hallelujah I built my house on the rock hallelujah I know my redeemer is faithful and true and you will have peace in the midst of the storm because you cannot be shaken you can't be shaken I'm not shattered and I'm not gonna scatter a lot of people have run you can't run me off of church you can't say my preaching's bad or it just it's weird in here every time I come. It either smells like paint or I see bug popping bugs under my feet. We know all these things. Or I, I, I just wished, I don't know, now, now I've got to do a shoebox. No, you don't got to do a shoebox. You get to do a shoebox. You get to tell a child somewhere in the middle of Africa about Jesus. Oh, oh, yeah. Yes, you do. 
You get to do it. Hallelujah. God, change me. I need to be changed. Hallelujah. I'm not shattered. I'm not scattered because I'm not shaken. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So what's my proof, Opie? What's my proof? Well, your house is your proof. I just quoted it a little bit, Luke 6, 48, but I want you to look at it quickly with me. He is like a man, Jesus said, which built his house, built a house, and dig deep, and lay the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house, and could not say the two words, shake it. It could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. This has been hard on me all week long. The first thing the Lord said, he's like a man which built a house. You got to understand, you're not just going through life trying to reach retirement or kick back or just get on the next popular bandwagon with planet Earth. You are here and you are building a house. Your soul, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. What you think, what you do with it, I don't care if everybody says it's socially okay to do drugs, to drink, to smoke, to cuss, to use foul language, to go kind of all, to all kind of places that's just so questionable. The Bible says that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, that we are not to frustrate the grace of God, you've got to understand when you say, Jesus, I want that precious blood to wash me. He does his part. But you have to know that you've begun on a journey with him and you are building a house for him to dwell in while you are living on this earth. Every single thing you think, you do, you entertain, and that you just kind of marinate over in your mind it all matters folks everything you do matters I know I'm saying some things that maybe puzzle some of you well I I don't see anything wrong with that your flesh will never ever see anything wrong with things that you enjoy or you've given yourself permission to think it's okay let me just give you a quick example I wasn't planning on giving your flesh will tell you that you really don't have to pray that much when the Bible says you need to pray actually without ceasing. But that same spirit that tells you that will tell you that it's okay to go do things that are not eternal, eternally uh, profitable for you at all, hours upon hours. And ignore what your flesh says. Amen, preacher? Amen. Amen. Don't matter how sick you are or how tired you are, your flesh says, oh, God, come on, suck it up. You know, I don't like to use that phrase, but let's stick it out. Let's come on. You can do this. But when it comes to things of God, uh, see, you give yourself permission, and you've got to understand you are building a house here. Two things that the Bible tells us about this, that when you build this house and you do all the right things, when the floods come, floods, everybody knows what a flood is and what it does. But a flood 
actually drowns or it submerges whatever it is in its path. Doesn't matter what it is. That's what a flood does. And there are some things in your life, possibly right now, that you may feel, I'm sorry, I'm leaking so bad today, but, but, but it's from the Holy Ghost, and I, I, I just I thank you for the leak, God. Hallelujah. But there's things in your life right now that you may feel like that's almost over your head, and you don't really know how to handle it right now. But God has got you in his house because he's going to tell you something today. And a stream is a little bit different than a flood. A stream beats and destroys. Vehemently is what the King James said. Vehemently. It destroys whatever. So it just keeps pounding until it starts knocking the wood away from the house. But you can shake proof yourself so when a flood does come in of bad news, you've heard something that's just really devastated you or it feels like the devil's constantly pounding you and he won't let up. The Bible says you can build your house in such a way that when the devil comes in like a flood, when he beats you over and over again, that it will have no bearing at all on the person that cannot be shaken. So what did he say to do to get to that point because you may need to be there today or at some time you're going to need to be there? The first thing he said to do, he's a man that builds a house and he digs deep. A lot of you may say, well, look, uh, thank you, Holy Ghost, for this. Maybe you said, well, you know what? Y'all sung more than 20 minutes today. No, we didn't today. We were digging deep today and we hit the water, you see. That's what we did. That's what we did. We didn't plan on it. It's not on our app of our schedule of what's going to happen today. People just started digging, and you know what to do when you want to get the good water. You might hit water at 20 feet deep. But if you want a good submersible pump to bring you up four or six inches of water at a time, you know, honey, you just got to keep going through rock. You got to go through all kind of crust of the earth. You got to get dirt out. You got to get mud. Do you get down there where that deep is? And that's what the Lord says. We've got to quit being satisfied for a predictable worship service, for a predictable church service, for a predictable devotion life at home, for a predictable prayer time at home. He said, if you want to have one of them solid houses that a flood can't touch and a stream can't beat to death, you need to start digging deep. You know, like you watch TV or you go to your favorite thing, whatever you enjoy. I like to fish. Whatever you do, you know, you dig deep. You don't care if that ball spot's getting burnt or you feel bad because you're starting to get nauseous on a boat. You still dig deep. You fish deep because there's a big old uh, fish down there you'd like to get a hold of. He said, that's what you've got to do. If you want your house, you can't be like all the Johnny-come-lately, predictable, dead-in-their-way Christians. You got to be different. They're going to be shaken. You've got to dig deep, and when it all comes in, your house won't be shaken because you did your homework. You dig deep. You dig way down in the water, and God allowed you not to be moved. So Psalm 42, 7 says, deep calleth unto deep. 
At the noise of thy water spouts, all the waves and thy billows are gone over me. But over in Genesis 49, even by the God of thy father who shall help thee and by the Almighty who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings, listen folks, blessings of the what? The deep that lieth under, blessings of of the breast and of the womb. And what he was saying here, that look, I know it might feel like, well, I can't go too deep because it's going to take a little bit more time to go deep. I don't want to go too deep because I can't hold my breath that long. I can't pray that long. I can't fast that long. I can't give that much money to the church. Are you out of your mind? But the Lord says, look, if you just go down deep, Going down there by yourself, you know, the deeper you, the deeper you go, uh, the more pressure you experience. So what you got to do while you're deep and you're down there on the, on the floor, see, the glory is on the floor. And when you are down there, if you just prepare yourself, Lord, I'm singing to you because you're worthy of my praise. I'm down here, God. Nobody else might not be doing this. I really don't care right now. I just want to be down here. And I know that when I'm down here, according to Genesis 49, deep, the deep places is where the blessings are. If you will go to God, you will in no wise be cast out. If you will just dig deep and say, Lord God Almighty, I've been satisfied in the shallow end. I've been satisfied with just getting my ankles. I, but God, I need more than that. I'm living in a crazy world right now. I'm living in a selfish world. I'm living in a world that wants to get rid of people. I'm, I'm living in a world that wants to control people. But God, I pushed it all aside. I'm not going to be lured by success, by people's opinion, by money, or what I've heard on the internet, or what I've seen on TV. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to go deep. It matters what we watch. It matters what we listen to. God, I'm going to dig deep. And I know if I dig deep, oh, I'm not alone. You're down there with me, and you're going to bless me. And then over in Deuteronomy 8, check this out. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains, and depths that spring out of valleys and hills. Anybody got a valley right now? Look, if you will just dig deep, say, God, deep's calling out to deep right now. Oh, Father, where are you? You know how bad it is, Lord, but I'm calling out to you. I'm not trying to medicate this thing. I'm not trying to call the 1-800 number. I'm getting down here in the deep. I'm going to fast tomorrow. If I don't get it tomorrow, I'm going to fast Tuesday. I'm going to give this last dollar I have. I'm to just read my Bible until I fall asleep at night, but I'm going to dig, Lord, and I'm going to get down there because that's where you bless. That's where the depths give out the blessing. It's when the people show up and say, God, I got to have you. We felt this Monday night. We felt this Sunday night. We felt this Tuesday night when we prayed in this church. We just started digging. We prayed for chairs. We prayed over things. We anointed things, and we had 
had children doing it, you see. Out of the mouth of babes, the Bible says, God has perfected praise, folks. So when everybody digs, including the children, and we're about to start digging toward Jesus upstairs here, not very long, we're going to raise them up. We're going to train them to dig deep. We don't want them to be generic and bland. We want the children of this church to be able to lay hands on sick people. We want them to be able to go out here to the schools and say, look, I know that's what you're teaching, but I know better than that. God made me. I wasn't from a frog or a monkey. I know God made me. I know I'm a boy. I know she's a girl. And I know that's what God called us to do. And we're going to be faithful with it, church. You got to do this. You got to dig deep. Isaac, in the 26th chapter, I believe, of Genesis Isaac had to keep moving around. They would fill up. They filled up the wells that his daddy Abraham had already dug, just being mean. And then here comes Isaac. They, they kind of cleaned them out. And you know what the devil will do when you make your mind up after you've dug deep? He'll start bickering and fussing and fighting. And that's what they did. They started fussing with his herdsmen and all that. So every time they got in a fuss, they just went and dug another well. Every time you run into a situation, don't run from church. Don't quit praying. Don't quit waking up with praise on your tongue every morning or reading your Bible or if somebody says something or does something in church, don't you punish God. God ain't done nothing but being good to you. Look, every time something negative in your eyes or the world's eyes happen, just go dig you another well. But don't quit digging because if you'll read that when you go home, you'll find out later on as men said, oh, this time we hit water and nobody bothered. See, there's a blessing waiting on you if you just see the need to keep digging. I'm not going to punish God. I don't care what people do. I'm going to keep digging. God said again, if you seek him, he will reward you diligently. If you seek him diligently, he'll reward you diligently. I'm trying to hurry. I'm trying to finish. But the power of God's been in this place all morning. You got to dig deep, folks. But the, the second thing you got to do is just confirm that your foundation's on the rock. 2 Timothy 2.19 says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God Standeth sure, having this seal, and you need to focus on this. The Lord knoweth them that are his. A lot of church people are fooled by church people. A lot of preachers are fooled by other preachers and church people. A lot of the world is fooled by people that go to church. But the Lord knoweth them that are his. The Lord knoweth them that won't be shaken. You can tell them they lost their job tomorrow. You can tell them their house is on fire. And they might think about that for a minute, but people that are on their way home where the streets are paved with gold and the walls are made out of jasper, hallelujah, and you know what? There's constant worship around the throne of God. Those people aren't shaken, and the Bible said the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ. Here you go, folks. Depart from iniquity. Psalm 62 says, He only is my rock. And that's the question you got to ask today. 
Is he your rock? See, if you don't want to be shaken with what's on the horizon, then who's your rock? Who's your rock? David said, he, he only is my rock. Sometimes he's our rock. If we run out of money, he becomes our rock. Or if the medication we're on don't help us feel better, he becomes our rock. And I didn't say this. I wish I had a, but the Lord Jesus and praying to him in prayer, when you go to Almighty God in prayer, he shouldn't be the last, last resort. He should be your first line of defense and only because he's going to take care of it. He is my defense. And this is why you won't be shaken. I shall not be moved. Is he your rock today? If he's your rock, then when you start building, you dig, put the right foundation down, flood can come, all this stuff, you won't be shattered and you won't run. You won't, as they say, tuck tail and run. You won't be shattered. No, standing right here because my God is faithful through it all. Amen. He, I, David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. And Paul said this. I want you to stand because we're going to read this last two scriptures together. It's found over in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I, I, I don't know you. I, I'm going to read it. I, I, we don't have that. I just realized. But it says this. We are hard pressed. Now, now somebody is about to say, oh my goodness. I didn't know my today was in the Bible way back then. Listen to this. We're hard pressed or perplexed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed. I tell you what, but not in despair. You can do nine with me, okay? Persecuted, but what? Not forsaken. I don't care how bad, you're not forsaken. Struck down, what? But not, not destroyed. He's already started. Anybody else saying, I'm ready, ready, ready. I felt scattered this morning, preacher. I felt shattered this morning. But I'm ready to do something with this house today. I'm tired of being shaken, and now I know what to do. Everybody and anybody, it's not going to draw it out long. Because I, 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 I want the people that are serious to understand. It's time for me to pray. I want you to find you a place at this altar right now. digging deep I go to the altar every week but I'm going today because I'm digging again I'm digging again I'm digging again my family needs me to dig my neighbors need me to dig I just got a text message this morning you might say of some very bad news that somebody just got I'm going to dig for them I'm telling you people are too busy to dig folks that's what this is the month of September. I've said it once to our 915 group. September is a very, very active month on the Jewish calendar, and I believe in the Word of God. There's many things in place 
that just remind us again that Jesus could call us home during this month. And Father God, we gather at this altar. We don't want the shallow end, Lord. We're tired of the news that we hear, maybe from a friend, something devastating at work or something. God, we are tired of things shaking us. And God, help me to see today that if I'm doing what I should be doing, I won't be shaken. understand this if you're here you come right down center we want to pray with you Derek if you could find cornerstone Christ alone cornerstone those words in that song the Bible says that blood that we making was miming a while ago that blood was shed to wash away your sin. And all you have to do is understand that you absolutely, without any question at all, will die and go to hell if your sins are not under the blood. You don't make Jesus the Lord of your life. You will spend eternity in a hell that will always be hell. But if you today will say, Jesus, I come to you, Lord. I've been flooded out. I've been beaten to death by a river after stream after river after water. And I need a Savior. I need to be saved. I've, I've, I've spent many years digging deep into gutters, into sin. But I'm ready to go hardcore for you, Jesus. I'm ready to go deep in prayer, deep in worship. The Bible says if you go and unlock the door, he will come in. He's knocking right now. He's been knocking since you walked in this building. Been knocking actually for a long time. He's faithful and just. He'll forgive you.
just let us taste what you've got a whole pantry of for us, Lord. We, we've only tasted, Lord. Psalm 34, we've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And Father God, I come to you just to say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What is man that you are mindful of him, Lord? I pray over these people this week, God. I pray for such an anointing in every walk of life that's represented here, where people go and what they do, Lord, that, God, you would pour out your Holy Ghost and fill them, Lord, when the enemy sees them coming every day, Lord. Let him see a firebrand, Lord. Let him see another minister that's like a flame of fire, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would see that, oh, we're not shaking. We know. what We don't have to wait to hear it on the networks, Lord. The, the only network has already told us that it's happening and it's going to happen. But, God, we're packing up. We're getting ready. Our eyes, hallelujah, are on the clouds. And we, we say, Lord, would you anoint our lips, our minds. God, when we get in the thick of everything, we, we forget about praying this prayer on Sunday. But would you let the words of our mouths Monday through Sunday, the words of our mouths at school, at work, at home, around friends, the words of our mouths be acceptable in your sight. And the things we think about, not even our closest person in our lives knows about. Let the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, our strength and our Redeemer.